Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of gopowercat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio from me is Scott Chasen. Mr. Chasen, this show finishes our 16th season of The Drive, not yours. Mm -hmm. You would have been in grade school when we started this Probably so, yeah. But 16 seasons. As my pal Tom Keegan, a longtime co-host, said, we are the gun smoke of sports TV. <laughs> well, Fitz, this is definitely the longest season I've been a part yeah. of, and I am sure that's the case because I'm wearing shorts today under this desk and uh, previous years. Kansas has not made it quite to the shorts part of the calendar. Yeah, you gave away the secrets. Mm, I'm sorry. wearing sweats for the 900th time in a row. <laughs> you can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question to make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that appears each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com. But we start things off, as we always do, with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. And this is why we are going so late into into the year this year. Scott, KU basketball won its fourth NCAA tournament title on Monday. I'm wearing blue for them. Yes, that's right. I did it, K-State fans. They took down North Carolina in an incredible, fantastic game. How special was this win for the KU program? Well, Fitz, it was special for a number of reasons. Uh, I think, number one, Bill Self has not been shy about saying that Kansas needed to get another championship, that programs like Duke and Carolina were winning multiple. Yeah, Kentucky didn't quite hasn't gotten there yet with John Calipari, but other programs, Villanova, Florida, have all had the success starting in the 2000s. UConn, another one. It was really time for Kansas to win another, and I think part of what made this one special, one how everyone contributed and really the story of every single player in getting to this point. You know, Fitz, this is not a Kansas roster by traditional standards. There are zero five-star players in the rotation. There are obviously transfers. There are guys who at various points have underperformed in their careers, one of them being the guy you see on the screen there, David McCormick, two biggest baskets of the game. We'll talk about him in depth a little later. When you actually, you know, dive into this Kansas roster, Kansas' starting point guard, Dewan Harris, he was committed to Missouri State. He did have potentially one of the biggest mistakes of the game. You also see that on the screen now, but obviously Kansas overcame it. Uh, he was committed to Missouri State before coming to Kansas. Christian Brown, who defended this shot, was ranked outside the top 130. When he committed to KU, I texted someone currently employed by a Power 5 team to evaluate high school prospects and college players. And he said, this is a quote, I wrote it down. My scouting report is that he sucks and I have no idea why Kansas took him. That is a real quote on Christian Brown. Ochai Abashi spent more time uh, ranked outside the top 300 in recruiting rankings. Obviously that rose late, but he was not heavily recruited. 
David McCormick, top 40 player, McDonald's All-American, he was great, but by no means was the same level of five-star that Kansas got used to, and Jalen Wilson was committed to Michigan. It's when I look at those players who I think were all kind of proved to be better than their rankings. This is not me railing against recruiting rankings, by the way. Sometimes kids outwork them. Uh, I look at a roster that a program like Indiana could put together, or Illinois, or Maryland, Texas, Oregon, USC, go down the list, Colorado. Other programs in the nation can build a roster like the one Kansas did. But the way Bill Self develops talent and puts it in the best position to succeed, I think that's what made this Kansas team so special. I think it was very much kind of a representation of the way Bill Self has coached and been throughout his time at Kansas. And boy, he absolutely got the very most out of them. We'll explore if this Kansas team is the best in recent history a little bit later in the show. But Scott, I think this was Coach Self's most masterful job of coaching I've seen from him. It was incredible. It really was, especially when, you know, there was a 25-point loss to Kentucky in there where people were pretty nervous about this team. Well, I guess it turned out okay. Well, Fitz, the Kansas State basketball program hit the reset button with hiring Jerome Tang three weeks ago. So let's leave it up. How's it going so far? Well, if you and I joined the K-State basketball team right now, we'd be in the starting lineup. We'd be in the 40% of the roster. Yeah. Kansas State, as we sit here today, it's the roster's down to three players. Uh, and one of them's probably going to go into the transfer portal next week. I, I think when we uh, hit rock bottom here with the numbers in terms of the K-State roster, it'll be Ish Masood and Marquise Noel, two transfer portal guys from last year that remain for Jerome Tang and his coaching staff. But here's the thing. Yeah, Kansas State's had a lot of players hit the transfer portal. And remember, it's not just the players leaving. The coaches can kind of push them that direction too. So it's been a little bit of everything. But I know Jerome Tang stood at his press conference and said, this isn't a rebuild, we're gonna elevate. But this is a rebuild. I mean, they decided early on that they wanted to change the culture of Kansas State basketball and the way the players prepared themselves to succeed. And that meant asking most of the roster to leave. The good news is, for Kansas State that they're not the only ones putting players into the transfer portal. There's more than 1,000 college basketball players currently in the transfer portal and good players going in almost every day. It's an incredible mess created by these new rules, but it's a mess that will benefit K-State. And as one source told me this week, they're not just reaching out to grab anyone and everyone to join the roster. They're going about it methodically and they're really evaluating everyone uh, based on how they will fit how they want to play, but mostly their attitude and approach to preparation because they think that really needs to be upgraded at Kansas State. There's a word that Jerome Tang has avoided saying, and it's culture. He doesn't want to kind of throw shade on the previous culture, but if you look at the roster, that's exactly what it's about. They need to reinvent the Kansas State basketball culture. The last three years, they've lost a lot of games. They've lost a lot of close games, and that isn't just based on talent. Sometimes that's based on outlook and, and how you prepare yourself for those late game situations. Scott, I, I know K-Staters are nervous. <clears throat> we expect some news on the first transfer to probably hit early this week, but they will have a roster and they will be okay next year. And after all, it's been three miserable seasons, so anything might feel a little bit refreshed. Well, Fitz, as someone who has covered both ends of the spectrum, from Kansas basketball to Kansas football, uh, I would say culture is obviously extremely important. It's something coaches talk about a lot, and in some cases, I guess, not directly talk about, but you, you can't get to the point where you're having the success you want to have in really any sport unless you have that buy-in first. So yeah. I think he's doing it the right way. Jerome Tang avoids the word culture. I don't because 
he's trying to break the culture of excuses. Always a reason why things didn't go right instead of being accountable for it. He wants to be done with that. You're going to be held accountable if you play for Jerome Tang. Well, Fitz, speaking of being done with something, how's this for a segue? <laughs> nice. We got some big conference news this week as Bob Bowlesby, who has the weirdest signature in sports, will be stepping down from his post as Big 12 commissioner. <laughs> Fitz, what do you make of his tenure and what does the Big 12 need with its next commissioner? Well, you know, Bob Bowlesby really got caught off guard less than a year ago with the Oklahoma, Texas news. He just stood at the podium at Big 12 Media Days and said, all is fine and it wasn't fine and he had no clue. At that point, I thought he should have been excused, but he did a really nice job of recovering, of helping the conference regain its footing, keeping it together, getting some new members in. And I thought he did a really good job kind of uh, when he took a cheap shot, because I thought that was a real betrayal on how Oklahoma and Texas went about their business, even though it probably wasn't supposed to get out yet. Texas A&M leaked it because that's what A&M does. <laughs> but Bullsby should have known something was going on. He was clueless. But I, I appreciate the fact that he's getting out now, Scott, because college athletics is changing so much. The transfer portal, as I just mentioned, the NIL, and mostly these TV contracts that are coming up that will probably feature some element of streaming, as now we're seeing Major League Baseball and the NFL go to Amazon and the Peacock and Apple Plus to do some streaming. That's gonna be a big part of the next contract that comes up in 2025. And the landscape has changed so much that a guy in his 70s probably isn't suited right now for that. Maybe they are. Maybe a guy like Oliver Luck, who's also a little bit older, a former West Virginia AD who was the commissioner of the failed XFL, maybe he's a guy that can think outside of the box. But part of me wants him to go really young uh, and find someone creative, when I say really young, like you know, in their 40s or 50s, uh, for a commissioner that's pretty young. Get someone that can really be forward thinking because the world of college athletics is about to change. And if this new commissioner, Scott, doesn't go get a really advantageous or creative media rights contract starting in 2025, every Big 12 institution, K-State and KU included, will be really hamstrung for years to come. Uh, this is a big, big hire for the athletic directors and presidents, and I hope they get it right. Yeah, well, Fitz, and you touched on it at the end, media rights. I mean, this was that was a, a big part of what Bob Bowlesby kind of had to navigate, especially with Texas, the Longhorn Network, kind of catering to two powers in conference. The new commissioner takes over or will take over in kind of this new era, new regime for a number of different mm -hmm. reasons. And it'll be really interesting, but certainly has not been an easy time to be the commissioner between COVID, between all this media rights stuff, now realignment. Uh, there's a lot going on, so the Big 12 does need to get this yeah, right. Will be fascinating. <laughs> now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, would a win on Monday in the national championship game make Bill Self college basketball's best coach? Look at the results. 57% say yes. 23% say he is regardless. So some quick math on this fits. I think that means 80% of people who responded to this poll now believe he is the best coach. 20% say no. You're pretty good at math when you're not wearing pants. <laughs> Here's this week's question, even though we don't have a show next week. How would you rank the 2022 KU team against the 2008 national title team and the 2020 team, which was robbed of an opportunity to play for the national title because of the pandemic? Mm -hmm. Your answers are A, best of the three, B, second best behind 08, C, second best behind 20, D, third best 
Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Fitz, I will keep that poll open for six months six until months. we are returned. Well, it's you not like they're going to have another team. Yeah, that's a great point. Exactly. So just, lots of time to yeah. think on it. Don't, don't, we won't rush. We'll put the poll up in a couple months and you can vote it uh, then. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill. We'll be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, in a surprise decision, Ochai Abaji was named the most outstanding player of the Final Four instead of David McCormick. Mm. Did the voters get that right? I don't think they did. No, Fitz, they didn't. And it's for a couple of reasons. One, I voted in these things before. And what happens is it's like an online portal. You start having to vote a little bit earlier than you really should. And I think part of the reason why is this award, you would think most of the time, it's probably decided for the entire entire Final Four by the last couple minutes. Maybe it doesn't really matter quite as much as, as some other things like National Player of the Year, All-American. Except at Kansas, it kind of does because that's one of the criteria for getting your jersey hung in the rafters. If you're a player like David McCormick, who completely changed the Elite Eight game, who was Kansas's best player in the Final Four game. Now, Ochai Abaji was absolutely terrific too. He went, I believe, six of seven from three. You're going to see a few of those made buckets. But David McCormick was absolutely dominant. And then not only did he have a double-double in the national championship game while bringing back Raising the Roof altogether, uh, he hit the two, you know, last couple buckets to really put Kansas over the top. It's, it's funny, the, maybe the narrative, the fan narrative at least on David McCormick has done a complete 180, even from the people who always liked him, uh, who said, you know what, it's not his fault he's not Yudoka Azubuki or he's not Joel Embiid. It's obviously a high standard of big man to live up to, but um, that he is his own player and he's flawed in his own ways and yet uh, dealing with a foot injury the entire season, dealing with a knee injury that came up during the season, uh, he saved his absolute best for last and uh, just put in some massive performances. You know, David McCormick has never been a guy who's afraid of the work. In fact, as the story goes, and you can look up pictures of this, it's absolutely remarkable. The guy lost like 50 plus pounds. This is amazing. Just, you know, in his last year of high school heading to KU, he, he didn't look like the same human being. He was, um, I'm not a doctor, I'll say overweight. I think that's the fair way to put it when he was uh, a high I'm school. I'm an expert, he was. <laughs> fair enough, thank yeah. you, Fitz. Uh, and, and then he became this really, you know, kind of trim, strong, athletic guy who really worked to put his body in that position, who worked at rehab, spending hours just to be available for games. Uh, Fitz, I don't know if he's getting his name up in the rafters. I kind of think he should. Uh, but either way, he gets the respect of KU fans. And, hey, Bill Self gave him the net uh, that I feel like the coach would normally keep from the Final Four. Self gave it to David McCormick. I think that's a pretty big deal, too. That's really cool. I've got a problem anytime. And K-State used to have this for their ring of honor at football. You had to be a first-team All-American. They finally got rid of that because you're letting outsiders compare and contrast your players. It might have just been a loaded year or they mm -hmm. made a bad vote or something. Uh, keep it in-house. I mean, you should have your own standards. 
And a guy like Kevin Lockett, who belongs in every honor at K-State, even mm -hmm. though he's a third-team All-American. Yeah, and fits to that point. I think Bill Self would like to break away for some of that criteria, perhaps for another show. Mm -hmm. Well, Fitz, spring football is nearing its end at K-State. What has Coach Chris Kleiman's program accomplished during the spring? Well, not everything they'd like to because they're so short on players, and it's not because their roster's thin. They just had so many postseason surgeries after a really rugged football season, and maybe going into January with the season impacted that. Uh, they haven't had enough guys to full-on scrimmage. They've got a long snapper playing defensive end and a backup offensive lineman playing nose tackle just so they have enough dudes to, to line up and run plays and do their thing. I expect they won't even really have a spring showcase when it's all said and done because they just can't put it all out there. They've done a lot of, uh, you know, kind of walkthrough things for the players, but when most of your defensive ends, including both of your starters, uh, other key players are over there with shoulder and knee injuries that they're rehabbing, your concern is getting them ready for the season, not really having them out there very much in the spring game. And also keep in mind that quarterback transfer, Adrian Martinez, he has not been available other than, you know, those mental reps and fans got excited when he was throwing some option pitches because that's all he can do because he's recovering from shoulder surgery. That's not easy to say, Scott. <laughs> it's been a real mess for K-State overall in terms of what they can accomplish in the spring. But coming off the season, they didn't have much gap there between the end of the season playing in the last bowl game outside of the national championship game and then going right into off-season conditioning and into the spring. Uh, a lot of bodies are still beaten up and battered. Uh, the guys will get a little break here as the end of spring football is coming up at the end of the week. And we will see how Chris Kleiman breaks it all down at GoPowerCat.com with his Tuesday press conference, or Wednesday press conference, I guess it is this week. It's going to be very interesting. But I think this K-State team has a lot of promise. If they can stay healthy, depth is the issue once again at Kansas State. But if they can get all these guys rehab, Scott, ready to go for the season, these cats could be a pretty good football team. Yeah, and, and Fitz, this happens. I, I think you're seeing a lot of programs actually go away from the spring game. Kansas did not do a spring game this year. They mostly did a practice. I think Lance Leipold wanted more time for that. But Absolutely. injuries, surgeries, I think this is a pretty common thing. So good on K-State yep. getting it taken care of now. And now we step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, let's quickly focus on the outlook for next year. We'll make it simple. What's one thing K-State football and basketball fans have to be excited about moving forward? And I'll give the same for KU. Well, I think there's just as much optimism at K-State amongst the fan base in a long, long time. They're coming off a very successful football season with you know, a lot of key players returning and basketball with Jerome Tang. I think after the misery of the last three seasons under Bruce Weber, everyone's fired up for a fresh new start. How about KU? Well, football's got a year of continuity under Lance Leipold, so I think you'd expect to see some kind of a jump, especially with a returning quarterback. And with basketball, this is the fun time. You just won a national championship. You're going to remake your roster. Now let's see what it looks like. It will be fun. Now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metalark, supporting people in living their best lives. Our fan question this week is, Scott, who does Kansas need back to be a legitimate title contender next year? That's from Ryan in Lawrence. Well, thinking back to back already, something that does not really happen in college basketball because it's very, very hard, but let's say final four contender. Uh, look, Christian Brown and Jalen Wilson, they're the two guys making the big decisions here. I, I think Ochai is 100% gone. I think David McCormick is gone. You get one of those two guys back, we can start having a conversation about how good this team can be. If they don't, I think more of a rebuilding year. 
They're measured by March, and, and Bill Self got it measured right this year. Mm -hmm. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we'll look at our predictions here on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show and the season. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. The fans pulled out the season victory. Great job, viewers. Mm -hmm. You are smarter than your two hosts. Smarter because they listen to us, Fitz. That's, that's why they're smarter. They're just smarter, Scott. <laughs> they're just smarter. Uh, but I did go two and one, and I held off Scott's late charge, so mm -hmm. I win in between us. Let's look at uh, last week's results. There they are, one and two, two and one, one and two. And now let's move on. Uh, look, we don't have a show next week, mm -hmm. but Scott wanted to do some fun stuff. We'll do some fun picks so here. So here's some picks. And we start with the early NBA draft entrance for KU. Will they be over or under 1.5? I'm excluding seniors here, even though technically Otrey Abaji and David McCormick could come back. I'm going to say under. I'll say one of Jalen Wilson or Christian Brown do return, making KU fans very, very excited. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not making a prediction. doesn't count. can't <laughs> well, hurt me. Fitz, we'll let you make a prediction okay. on this one. Returning starters for Kansas State basketball, the number over-under is 1.5. That could be the over-under for players. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say over if you count Ish Masood as a starter and Marquise Noel as a starter. They were in the lineup most of the year. Those will be the two players that returned from last year's roster. So I'll take the over. Mm -hmm. hmm. Seems fair. Our last game of the week game is uh, how many future games will be coached by Coach K. That's right. Will Coach Krzyzewski return and coach one more or zero? Because .5 is Scott set over under. I say under. I will take the over. And it's the long game fits because I can just wait and wait and wait. And until he coaches that one, I'll be the winner. You'll, play, you'll coach a game in seven years and you'll call me. <laughs> Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 And it's time for our final On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community, and we start with Scott Chasen. Well, Fitz, even though we talked about David McCormick, we talked about all the Kansas pieces, I do want to give Ochai Abaji his due as well. He's a first-team All-American. He was Big 12 Player of the Year. He won a Big 12 regular season. He won the Big 12 tournament. He was Final Four Most Outstanding Player, and he helped bring Kansas a national championship. Considering where he came from, and I'm not talking about recruiting rankings, I'm talking about a guy who colleges wouldn't call back, colleges didn't want to talk to because they, one, didn't know who he was, and two, didn't think he was good enough to play on this level, to redshirting his first year at Kansas, to having that redshirt pulled off midseason because of the, the way the program roster was shaping up, to where he is now. Ochai Abaji stayed in college an extra year when he could have gone pro. In fact, I think Bill Self probably thought he was leaning going pro last year. Uh, he has made everything and more of his college experience, and now he's going to make a lot of money in the NBA. I won't make money in the NBA. <laughs> this does end season 16 of The Drive, and I remember basically 17 years ago when I got a call to come to Lawrence to talk to some folks about doing a TV show, and I was a little reluctant. 
Well, what a great decision and what a great opportunity and experience this has been. We plan on being back for years to come, but we will see if they want us back. <laughs> but I'm blown away by the loyalty of our viewers. Thank you so much. And that's it for this season of The Drive. Thanks for watching with us all year. And keep up with us right here on The Drive and on social media.